We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we are looking at the something or other episode of the second season of Space 1999 called The Mark of Arcanon. The story as written. Alan and Bluey Johnson are looking for minerals deep beneath the moon. Instead, they find two people in not quite suspended animation, but, but quite slow. And they rescue them by causing an avalanche. And they take them back to sickbay. Meanwhile, Koenig and Maya are in deep space in, quote, the eye of a meteor storm, where they can do no further damage in this episode. The aliens come around. And it turns out that they're a father and son named Pask and Etrick. Pask is a murderous killer, but he keeps it under his hat, so to speak. Etrick might as well be called Adric, because he's just as annoying. Anyway, Alan takes an unnatural obsession with the boy. And meanwhile, Pask is obsessed with escaping because... Um, He's got this sickness that makes him want to kill people. And and then there's something about a serum and uh, not wanting to tell people and then trying to kill people but not killing people and then maybe stealing an eagle and then not stealing an eagle and blood transfusions that don't work because they can't get blood. And then the super hyper-advanced aliens that left them stranded there a thousand years come back to collect them, actually just to save the Alphans, uh, because they can't cure them. But turns out Helena could cure one of them and kill the other. Eh, well, 50%, that's better than her usual average. And they say, oh, well, we know about that cure, but, uh, you know, we can't use that one. So, um, yeah, thanks. Well, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. And they leave them. The end. The Mark of Arcanon. Um, I'm just going to say, um, because of a variety of circumstances... Ben and I have not actually recorded an episode for 42 days. I know. 42 days since we last recorded Genesis 2. And, and what a tragedy it was to have to come back to, on this. Yeah, I was going to say, what a tragedy to have to return to this. What, what a truly <laughs> dire... <laughs> you wonder why Space 1999 didn't get a renewal for a third season? It's because of stuff like this. Wow. This one was... This one was... Yeah. So, um, what, what'd you think? You know, <laughs> it's funny you should preface it with that. I have been dreading this one. This episode, I remember. Mm. So, it was with great dread that I approached it. And, oddly enough, I didn't hate it as much as I had hated it in the past. Really? I find that No, but so it's, it's still pretty awful. I mean, it's 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 a it's a terrible episode. It's a terrible story, on so many levels. Um, but I didn't despise it as badly as I used to. And I, I don't know if it's um, actually actually I think it's because I had set the bar so un unbelievably low for this episode that when we got to it, or at least when I got to it, um, it actually surpassed my low expectations. 
So let's play a game. Let's play – now, listeners may recall um, – Are we going to play football? We're going to play football. <laughs> that the um, episode uh, – I think the last one we did was the rules of Luton, which oh, was God. Maya and Koenig mm. in the field pretty That's much right. exclusively. That's with right. With the occasional phone call back to Alpha. And here – we have Alpha and the occasional phone call back to Maya and Koenig. Um, clearly, this is a production, you know, stack. They stack the Alpha team and they stack the Eagle team or the location team so that they can, they can do some work. My question mm-hmm. is this. Was this episode originally written for um, Koenig and Maya to be in it? And they reshuffled the characters around to meet the uh, meet the demands of not having them, or was this always meant to be an Alan episode? Yeah, I I I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. Um, originally, I probably would have thought that this was meant to be an Alan episode until um, during you know past episodes where we you know talked about Space Nineteen Ninety Nine that um, issues about. Uh, La- Martin Landau's contract came into play. Mm-hmm. And then I began to think, well, that kind of makes this episode a bit of a, a real one-off on so many levels, not just in terms of we got a big spotlight on Alan, but the fact that Koenig is out of the picture. Yeah. So and, I, I really don't know what to think. And Tony's kind of playing half of Koenig's character. A bit, The yeah. distrustful, you know, I'm going to stare menacingly at people because I don't believe a word they're saying. Koenig? Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have enough of a part in it uh, to be, you know, a 100% Koenig replacement. And I can't picture Koenig being in here being the guy playing football with the kid and getting all pally with him. Right. Uh, in fact, I can't picture any person on Alpha up to and including Alan being quite so creepily engaged with that kid so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just like wrong even even oh. at the point when when they first walk into main mission command center and mm-hmm. alan just runs out hey cobra hey going and you know it's because we're mates good pals it's like you're not good pals you've not spoken you a word don't to this guy know this kid i mean he's alien you know nothing about his culture you've been out in space for oh only 600 so many days you know i mean yeah which to me is 640 days, which to me is like ridiculous. But still, you've been out there for almost two years. You've had, you know, all this contact with alien culture, and now you're just going to, I mean, what? Just because he was buried on the moon, yeah. you're going to assume that he's going to understand human culture like that? Not to mention the fact that you're doing it. Oh, yeah, in English. And you're doing it in front of his father. Yeah, Boy, how creepy is that? It was. It was definitely putting off entirely the wrong and and that may be looking at it from 2017 eyes 2018 eyes huh. well it was 2017 last time we recorded a podcast so it's 2018 now uh, mm. <laughs> but yeah yeah it 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 was and i just can't picture i can't picture who they would put in that in that position mm. um certainly not koenig no i mean i i, I don't see koenig doing that at all no I mean, unless, unless... Well, moral, maybe, but... No, I'm kidding. Uh, ew. Um, unless it was meant to be 
Tony. Oh, then with, that would explain the nasty stares from Tony. Yeah, because he's jealous. Yeah, because he lost. Oh, his, that this just got line. really bad now. <laughs> no, I mean he's you know he's mad that Alan got the part that um, Nick Tate got his part. That was like my best part, and then he they bumped me up to command, and I get to do nothing. Yeah, it could be. But that's the only thing I can think of is that Koenig, once again, you know, he's supposed to be the distrusting commander. And then you've got Tony, who's playing, uh, you know, the, the, the big brother slash surrogate father slash who knows what role mm. that, that Alan had. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Nick Tate's off doing, you know, twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, Mr. Carter. <clears throat> Why Mr. Carter? Did you notice that? They emphasized that a lot. Bluey kept mm. calling him Mr. Carter. Yeah, I thought that was odd. Do, do we, did we establish at some point that we thought that they were so non-military they didn't have ranks? Right. I mean, it's, it's sort I remember of... remember now they have called him Captain Carter because he is... Well, he's a pilot. He's a pilot. That's always what he's been addressed by either Alan... Carter or Captain or Captain Carter. Carter, right? But in usually when he's Captain Carter is when he's out in the field. Yeah, not so much on moon base. Not doing mining because that's oh his, god no. That's well, they had those geologists, but I guess they all died, and so now let's send the Eagle pilots down to do the work. Mm. Yeah, mm. maybe it was supposed to be a guest artist. Maybe that I, I don't know. Would make I mean, more sense. It might. Um, all I know is that everything about this episode and the way the characters um, lined up and their roles in this episode are just—I mean, obviously, you know, except for except for Helena's, you know, she's just as, as incompetent, incompetent a doctor as ever. As ever. <laughs> Although we have a new assistant, Raúl, right, who, who's replaced um, uh, Doctor. Um, holy cow! I can't remember his name now. I I know I've got it written down somewhere and I can't remember it. Not Jackson. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, it's a shame. Well, that actor quit because... Is that he, what it is? Yeah, he quit because he wasn't getting much of a part. So, um, Frazier, no. No, well, now I'm, now I'm going down my list. Wow. <clears throat> That's really bugging me because I liked him so much better than Dr. Russell. Well, he was competent. Matthias. Bob Matthias. Yes, Bob Matthias. <sighs> huh. Now we can move on. Stuff. Yeah, we can move on now. <laughs> um. I'm, I, I don't have, there's nothing meaningful here to talk about. So there's really just kind of a string of things you go, huh? Like, huh? Their laser drilling device is really a telescope. Mm. Did you notice that? They didn't even try to disguise it. It's just a telescope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That shine the light that could do more than shine a light. Yes, apparently probe stuff and blow it up at the at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Okay. So um when they look at the the container that they're in there's a symbol. Mhm. Mm the symbol oh, that later shows yes. up. I I love the fact that they are building this Okay. World building is a great thing. I love world building in a show. Especially when we get to see it. But just pulling it out of the writer's butt 
Oh, that that bugged me. I mean, we we, well, we, we hear Tony. We were to Chrono too. Chrono, Chrono, Chrono. And I'm like, what? 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 Why haven't we heard about this before? What episode was that from? Oh, I know. It wasn't. And it's another one of those situations, and we'll have more than one of those today, where oh, you ask hell. yourself, so they were in a situation where they were on a planet, and they met a culture, and that culture had enough communication with them to explain that that symbol was a danger symbol in their society. Why didn't they land up on that planet? Why, why weren't mm. they rescued, you know, Here's another instance There's where we... There's a story uh, there someplace. Uh, ...an advanced civilization, and once again, they don't have a home. And right. let's just jump straight to the end. The bringers of peace, a race of beings who have traveled throughout the galaxies, bringing the word of peace, when they could do that a thousand years ago, now they show up on the hulking wreck of Moonbase Alpha floating aimlessly through space with 311, minus those who are died, refugees, this hyper-advanced alien race that can travel, oh, I don't know, practically any freaking distance and communicate over infinite distance with no delay. Mm -hmm. And they just bugger off at the end and say, well, bye-bye, Alpha. Thanks for looking out for these two, and we'll see you later. Well, there's a whole story there that says, how many planets do those people, you know, could you help us, please? You're an advanced race trying to help other people. Could you help us, please? Could you just send a ship, take us to some planet somewhere, put us in a refugee center, put us in a little island off Australia. We'll even stay in the internment camps. We don't care. Just get us off this rock. But no, they just forget it because the writers are not thinking about the premise of Space 1999, the thinking Star Trek. Right. Well, I will give them one slight, slight benefit of the doubt, but it's a bad one because it's built on a really terrible premise. And that's when Pask is talking about how they had visited Earth and he kind of passes judgment among the rest of the people. Yeah. He's, you know, he obviously he doesn't want to admit that he's the one who developed the killing sickness. Yeah. But that's sort of what they're saying is that by being around humans because we are so effed up that they this unbelievably advanced race of pure pacifists and all goodness which i highly find dubious um would suddenly develop a virus that causes them to kill because they got it from us well yeah no because yes i agree that there is some of that in what pask says but I think we also know that that was a lie. Now, I'm not saying that it was a lie about humans being violent, but they already know about the killing sickness. The scourge we thought we had eliminate from ourselves, the killing sickness. It's yeah. a virus. It's not a human virus because Helena doesn't recognize it. More importantly, Raul doesn't recognize it. Well, which is that's probably the whole thing. And then on top of that, um, Pask's uh, wife, Lyra, I think it's Lyra, yeah, already knew about it for her log entry, also knows, and because we know that it's passed on through the male line, which means it's not a thing that they just popped up. It's a thing they know all about. They did not get this from Earth. Maybe they got reinfected from it from Earth, even though we don't have it. 
But well, that's kind of what I'm thinking, and at least that's sort of the implication. Where I felt that the lie took place is not so much in Pask's telling of the fact that this is how they got sick, but who got sick in their party. I mean, you know, trying to make himself come off as innocent, but it was actually his wife and the rest of the team, et cetera, et cetera. But the, and that's the only that's the only slight caveat that I'm going to give that maybe they felt they could not be around humans so much because we're just so lower than low that they're going to catch that sickness anyway. Would, would a crew of all women Arcanons have solved that problem? Good question. And again, they don't have to take them back to their home planet. All they have to do is take them back to Earth. Yeah. It's like, could you just drop us off on our planet, please? You know. Something. But mm-hmm. no, no. And, and they, they gloss over it completely. They don't even discuss it. They just, you know, walk out the door arm in arm and like, well, thanks for dropping by. I, I, this annoys the heck out of me um, time and time again. And it's worse in series two because they've just, they've completely lost sight of what they're doing out there in space. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about finding a home. What the heck is Koenig doing out in that sector of space? Blue sector. Blue sector. Or blue quadrant. Whatever they call it. Yeah. I Why have are no they idea. Are they looking for know. a planet? I'm thinking, whoa, advanced space aliens. Maybe I should be back talking to them. I, I, I it's a, yeah, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a brain pulse. I thought that was funny. He's got a brain pulse. <laughs> That's nice, the terminology nice for, uh, for uh, we have a reading on the EEG? I think so, but I'm not sure. But brain pulse sounds better, doesn't it? Um, also, It I like sounds this, more science-y. I also like this bit about um, they are 91.7% human, human normal. Yep. Human normal. Yeah. So what does that mean? I have exactly. no well, well, it means that they're not 100% human normal. I mean, is that – I took One that to mean that – 7.3% perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I just took it to mean is that they're, they're humanoid to the point where they're almost human, but not quite. There's a few variances. But it was, it's a ridiculous um, phrase yeah. to, to describe that. Let's see. Rolling down the things I'm laughing at. Oh, yes. So – they're in the eye of the meteor storm. Really? 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 Eye of a meteor storm. Eye of a meteor storm. Yes. Is that caused by circle. low pressure and space low pressure and uh, warm and cold, the differential between warm and cold emptiness causing cyclonic motion on a gravity? Oh, wait, sorry. You know, that sounds really good. No gravity, so no gravity. Yeah, I'm not seeing how that works, but okay. Um, Fast-moving hydrogens uh, atoms versus slow-moving hydrogen atoms. They still need something to create the uh, circular motion, though, right? It's, that's caused by the that's caused by the uh, rotation of the Earth in our or the planetary body. Uh, that's true. So very, very, very tiny pulsars <laughs> moving very, very fast. Which very, very, very fast. They do move very fast. That's, that's, that's true. Fast. They do. But this time they're really infinitesimally small, so we can't see them. But they're causing the asteroids to spin. Yes. Um, we have the – so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of – I am trying to make fun of it. Make fun of it. 
Make fun of it. In Star Trek, people make fun of the fact that when the ship would get smashed, they'd, you know, tilt the camera to one side and everyone would run to that side. Then they'd tilt the camera the other way and everyone would run to that side. Mm -hmm. And, you know, come on, it works. It works. To a degree. To a degree, it worked yeah. enough that you, you got the idea of it, and it's not like... Well, it was 1960s and... television. We were e- we could easily suspend our disbelief back then. Well, that's what they're doing here in this episode, right? They're, when you're when you're in the, the eagle, and the eagle's bobbing around, right, the camera is... The camera's supposed to be fixed, and the eagle's supposed to be moving. So the, shots of the, the shot across Koenig to Maya is bobbing around which is really them moving the camera, not moving the set. But it's meant to look like the eagle is going up and down and back and forth and kind of tilting and yawing. And I am 100% fine with that until we switch to the view from the eagle's onboard camera that Alpha is watching, mm-hmm. which should be rock steady because in, the in camera is moving yeah. with the eagle. Yeah. But it isn't. They're still bobbing around <laughs> in the frame of the camera. So unless the, the fixed onboard Eagle camera is floating free in space, then um, that was they have a drone. Really bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it has that's to be what, a quiet that's one. What, that's what Maya is operating. Koenig is flying the Eagle. Maya is operating the drone. <laughs> Applying today's technology That's to right. yesterday's TV. Why not? Yes. Why not? Um, let's see. We know they have hamburgers on Alpha. This is an important one. Oh, yeah. Mixed with what did he say? I don't remember. I think it was something like soy soil. I didn't. I, 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 I honestly don't know. I don't know what it was. <sighs> well, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm sad to say that I watched this episode about... 40 days ago, and then I had to watch it again today. So, Oh, I am so sorry. I've watched it twice. I'd completely forgotten pretty much everything about it. It's not hard to do. Oh, boy. Oh, here's one. Bluey Johnson. That guy was so obnoxious. He was pretty irritating. He was incredibly irritating. And I, um, my impression has always been that the name Blue or Bluey is the Australian nickname for redheads. Huh. And that guy wasn't a redhead. Mm, not even strawberry blonde. Not even strawberry blonde. And now, first off, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. I won't swear to it, but I'm pretty sure that, that's, that, that that is a nickname for redheads. And not many people realize this, but it's because <clears throat> Australia is on the other side of the equator. And the red and blue are not, you know, they're kind of on opposite sides of the color wheel. Mm, So the colors they see down there are very different from the colors we see up here. They see it as what we would perceive as blue. And that's why they call them that. Mm, Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. And if we have any Australians Uh, listening, uh, they want to verify either of those. Uh, things whether or not Louis send your is, hate mail to lone Louis locust is either at. a <laughs> uh, a, uh, a nickname for redheads and that your color spectrum is upside down both of those things I, I think we got some a good basis there on that um 
Australian rules football in the hallways. That seems like a safe thing to be doing. Sure, why not, with all those electronics that are around there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that you could just plow right into anybody at that time. Like Bluey. Exactly. I Like Bluey, poor guy. He just gets nothing but, golly, Mr. Carter, gee whiz. Like, I, I kept thinking that they were supposed to be hiring, like, Ron Howard when he was a kid to be playing that part mm. or something. Yeah, but it was, oh. Let's see. <clears throat> what else have we got? I guess we could talk about the stupidity of the idea that you'd have a glowing mark that forms a pattern on your forehead because you have a virus. That causes you to kill. <clears throat> I, I suppose I could, I suppose I could accept the idea that a virus could cause you to kill. It, yeah, I could, I could actually accept it to a point where maybe it does, you know, cause, you know, some kind of Violent mental. Rage. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's just that I, I really don't like the way they simplified it down to simply being a killing sickness. And that, especially that from an advanced symbol on your forehead. Yeah, well, that too. But the idea of an advanced race, uh, such as the the, the peace bringers or the, you know, Archonons, the Archonons, yeah. uh, an uh, a race that advanced, that they would so crudely regard a disease in that manner. Now, granted, maybe it's because their their medicine didn't advance all that far because <laughs> they can't replicate their own blood. <clears throat> yeah, I have some problems with this one, too. Um, what? <laughs> what? How, how, how can they survive if they can't get cut? Oh, yeah. lost too much blood. I'm afraid he's dead. Yeah, because we saw what, you know, just the little bit, tiny, tiny, tiny bit of blood that Etric gave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it was supposed oh. to be a lot bloodier and we just didn't see it, but well, maybe, it didn't well, look like it. It looked like, you know, ooh, I've, I've kind of scraped the skin of my forehead. and It's possible, but even then... um I, I don't think that he cut himself so badly that he would ensanguinate you. Know, here's my like here's that. my thought. Here's my thought. You're in a you're a race and you're evolving. You know, let's let's not talk about the bringers of bringers of peace. Let's talk about them ten thousand years ago. All right. Not not just a thousand, ten thousand years back, maybe twenty thousand years ago. As they're coming out of their you know, hunter-gatherer stage, and they're they're moving into cities and towns, and they're beginning to go along the scientific process, and they're beginning to try to develop medicine. Nobody has dedicated sufficient time and energy to staunching bleeding hmm. and and recovering from that. That would seem like that would be priority number one. Isn't isn't that what we do? You look at the things that kill the most people. And you address them. And you address that and you go, you know, we could solve all sorts of problems if we could just replenish the blood supply of someone. Right. And not just, oh, yeah, we, we knew all about that cure, but you can't give any blood. So guess that one doesn't work. Yeah. It, 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 again, that's. But let's get on with that space flight thing and go on there. Yeah. It, it feels, again. You know, for a species that is supposed to be so incredibly advanced, 
and civilized. It it really feels like uh, I mean, if, if we were to take that as gospel, it feels like a, an extremely oversimplified oversimplified point of view on their part in it's, addressing this. It's almost as if they're two dimensional ciphers of a race. <gasps> oh, but this the space nineteen ninety nine would never do that. No, they could not. Also, do you think they couldn't afford a second actress? Oh, there they go. I kind of oh, get the feeling. I, I get the feeling that was intended. I, I, I. Why would you do that? I, I mean, lack of imagination. It just struck me as such a. Well, look at everything I, else that's in this story. Look at everything else that is completely wrong in this story, and I will tell you that having the same actress play two different parts is the most innocuous of all of it. I, I, I suppose it just, it feels like, it, it almost feels like, you know, <clears throat> it was supposed to be two different actresses and the director looked at it and said, let's make this one actress find a way. All right, oh. boss. And then a little bit of a rewrite because it's really not instrumental to the story at all. It's, it's basically two bit parts. That they've combined into one right. with two awesome wigs. Oh, don't th- that's well, yeah. But the second one just rocks. Whoa! <laughs> it's like have that, we got a black exploitation film on the lot uh, at Pinewood? Oh, Find me a wig. <laughs> that I'm telling you, that second wig, it's epic. <laughs> I'm surprised she could get through the doorway. <laughs> I'm surprised she could stand up. Oh dear! <laughs> um, yes, uh, yes, our dear listeners. This is how we feel about the episode. Like it's, just, it's worthy of mocking. It was. It's definitely worthy of mocking. Um, let's see. We could make fun of the glittery asteroids. Oh yeah, the aluminum rocks. Yes, those were. I think it was tinfoil. <laughs> Actually, tin, you know. Um, I mean, oh wow. Uh, I mean, you know, the the asteroids that they used in Lost in Space looked better. It's true. Except you can still see the strings on those when they were dangling. But but the, the true. asteroid was bad. Um, oh, I f- no, this is actually important about the blood. <laughs> Sorry, really? I just said this is actually important <laughs> about this episode. I can't believe it. Um, <clears throat> I did very much like whatever effect they used to get the symbol to glow on their head. Uh-huh. Not only did it work well, you know, just standing there, but it even worked well when the boy was standing behind the birdcage. You know, it was, it was very that clear is true. that it was, ref- that it, and I think it's just a highly reflective material that they're shining a, a, a kind of a specialized light on that's causing that to bounce into the camera and, and cause that effect. Uh, it, but it worked very well. And so you could say, I, I thought that was a good directorial choice. However, anything that I can say about that was completely undone by Etrick's self-inflicted injury. Uh-huh. This is where he holds the knife high above him, pointing down, and the camera is close up on his hand and arm, and then he swings down in what is obviously a stab myself in the gut gesture right and the next scene he's holding his forehead 
bleeding and says, oh, I tried to cut the symbol out. One, he wasn't aimed at his forehead. Two, that was a stabbing motion, not a scraping off motion. Uh-huh. If he had, in fact, swung the knife down and stabbed himself in the forehead like that, assuming he hadn't damaged the knife, he would be dead. But the direction was so bad <clears throat> that it made that look ridiculous. It's like, how did you get your head down to your stomach to do that, Etric? Did you, like, it, it, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, Anything good I said about the episode's direction was just spoiled in that moment. And <laughs> honestly, it didn't take much, but it was it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, why, after we go through this story, why, since we have already learned that there's a virus, we have already learned that it's called the killing disease, we have already learned that Pask has it, um, we've already learned that Etric has it, but it's dormant. Mm-hmm. We've already heard Pask tell us that in time, Etric will also have the killing sickness. We've uh, had Pask tell us that the rest of the crew locked them up in the chamber, although he did say that they had had the disease. Um, and... Etric is stealing an eagle and has Dr. Russell at gunpoint. Why then, when Alan discovers the log entry that has Lyra, Lyra, whatever, mm-hmm. explain what we already know, does Tony go, hold it, stop that. Let's play that for Etric or for Pask. So they get Pask on the line, and they say, here, listen to this. And he plays back the log entries that he already knows everything about. Right. And somehow that was important. Somehow that changes his mind. Somehow it, somehow Tony thinks that's going to do something. Look, Etric, or Pask, we know. Well, duh, he himself told you all of course he this. Did. I, I, why... Why? It didn't make any sense to me at all. It's just one in a line of things. Oh, also, I'll that just doesn't make thing. sense. There's at least two eagle ones in this episode. That's right. Because Koenig is on eagle one. They call him out by that. They've got eagle three on the pad, and that's the one that Pask tries to steal. And Tony is saying, get eagle one in the air, get sharpshooters, snipers, anesthetic darts, laser rifles, and flying. And then we later see the eagle that's, you know, doing maneuvers over the base, which was presumably eagle one version two. I don't know. Um, a very bad, a very bad um, continuity or something screw up. And also, Tony's, like, desperate to get hold of Koenig throughout this episode. Yeah. It's like, what do we do, John? Come on, Tony, how'd you get to be second in command? Just do the job. But but he's all like, we gotta get hold of John, we gotta get hold of John, it's in his contract. Mm. You know, even at the end, when they're right to the point where he's, he's like, <clears throat> gonna play the thing back for him, he's, mm-hmm. just before he says that, he says, we gotta get hold of, if only we could get hold of John. 
or Eagle One. It's like, why? What would he be able to say or do? What's he going to tell you? Oh, uh, you know, Tony, why don't you try playing in the log? Maybe that will... Maybe that will remind him of the story he uh, clearly remembers well. I, I I don't know. It just, you know, the the cult of John is still going on here. Apparently. On the base. Um, what else have we got? Why did Alan have the football in the medical center? I don't know, to give to him at the end. It's very conveniently sitting there in a chair. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> and let's just say this. Etrick has just lost his father. Alan, you insensitive jerk. I, 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 there's something that it's just like, hey, you know, everything's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, er, hey, Kappa, everything's going to be great. Here's my football, mate. And it's like, uh, the kid's grieving. Wow, you're a dick. <laughs> I, it's an odd, it, it's an odd <clears throat> gesture, but I don't, <sighs> I, I, I had I a problem with would, it. I don't know if I would take that as, you know, it, it, there is two things going on there. His dad has died and he's leaving. You know, there's there's no way to give him time to process the grieving. So, if you if you're trying to say farewell, you still have to do it somehow. And I guess that was what they bonded over was the footy. So, mm-hmm. I I didn't see it quite that way. I just thought it was remarkably conveniently. Again, they're just the story just ends there. Yeah, they're in the hospital and just like, okay, well, can I can I stay with Pask for a bit? Okay, yeah, whatever. And then you know, story done. Aliens have left. Etrix left. Pask has been Koenig returns. Koenig returns for his incredibly arrogant scene, and um, I I I I don't know. Um, Let's talk about it then. Why not? Helena talking with John. You know. John's like, I really wish I could have been here to help you with this. And I'm thinking, you'd have been just as useless. Yeah, just as useless. Just as ineffective. Wouldn't have accomplished anything either. And Helena would have made exactly the same mistake. And when she says, I I should have known. And I'm like, buddy, well, right, you should have known. Yeah. She lost half her patience, yeah. let Let me rephrase that. Bloody well, right... A person who is the chief of their medical staff should have known. Meaning, yes, Raul should have known. Yeah. Because he's far more competent than she is. is. I I did notice that they used the term sputum. Yeah, I caught that. How how timely. Timely to make sure you know that we haven't taken any blood from them yet. Mm. You'd think that would have been the first thing they did. So, So there's my next question. Is it a fact that they can't coagulate? If if they had stuck a needle in and pulled out a little tiny hypodermic needles worth of blood, would that have been enough to kill them? Would that you know been spewing blood for the rest of their life until they died? Or is no, it, I don't think it's the clotting. It, yeah, no, I don't think it is because if that were the case, then just putting on a bandage on um, on on Etrick's head would have been sufficient. Mm-hmm. Unless so, that tells me that they can't give any portion of their blood. Because they can't replicate one drop. But you could function without one drop. You know what well, I mean? yeah, you and I could. Apparently, they can't. They must have very little blood coursing through their bodies. You know, after all, it's not 100% human resemblance or whatever the heck they called it. Human normal. Human normal, that's right. Yeah, it's, not, it's not 100% human normal. Because humans that's, are normal. That's right. Yeah. 
uh, cause, um, there's, what, what is that? It was a 91%, 97%, like 91%. Yeah. So, um, that, uh, 8.3, 8.3%. That's not human. That's all normal. Blood. It's, 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 it's their blood. Yeah. It, <clears throat> yeah. I, I think Dr. Russell should have, um, done a little better, but I, I feel like Dr. Russell should have done a little bit better in every episode. Oh, Absolutely of course. every episode. But what I wanted to get on here was then, you know, she's feeling bad. She should have known. I couldn't tell from Whatever. her frozen face. <gasps> Oops, there, there it was. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You know, we, you almost forgot that. It's been so long. You almost forgot that. But I didn't. You didn't. You didn't. It's when she says, you know, says, well, and, uh, and then Koenig says, well, you you did save the boy. She goes, yeah, I did save the boy. At least I should be grateful for that. What kind of narcissistic, egotistical jerk responds to that with, is that all you're Is that all? <gasps> I know. I know. I actually had that in my have notes. You, I was just. Have you forgotten Mr. Wonderful's right here? <laughs> I know. He's like, that, is that all you have to be grateful for? Helena just lost the patient, and Koenig wants her to be grateful that he's back. Wow. Hey. Oh, <laughs> the man's a goit. <laughs> like, you know, ever since I've postulated this, this sort of. Koenig is the worst commander and there's this little cult of Koenig running around suddenly all of these lines of his are so nefarious and oh, they're so awful. evil it, it's and it's, and narcissistic yeah yeah he he's he's a piece of work oh hey you know the Koenig's biggest fan is himself apparently so there's no uh there's no self-doubt oh not in him have we ever seen any self-doubt in him I'm not sure. I think we might have in the first season. I feel like maybe a there bit. was something in the first season. Yeah, I think I there was in the first season where he had to. Re- where he was really I questioning some certain- hand wringing. I mean, literal, like I'm wringing my hands because of something. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I think there that. was though in one episode he had to make a really critical decision, and he wasn't sure which way to go with it. Yeah, war games. Uh, might have been. Might have been war games when he sent the sent the ships out to fire, and then might have been. Anyway, all right. Um, wow, <laughs> Koenig. <laughs> he's yeah, only, he re- he's only in the episode four minutes. And oh, it's four minutes manages, too much. Still manages to um, oh come off badly. Yeah, I and mean, you know I really would have liked this to be a great episode, and and I know that obviously I'd really like every episode to be a great episode, right? But I really wanted this to be a great episode because Koenig's not in it. Mm. You know, I, I wanted the opportunity for the other people on Moonbase Alpha to kind of shine. To shine and demonstrate that it's not just the John Koenig show. And we don't get that. Oh heavens here. No. They they run around Stupidly, um, Tony may be right about Pask, but he does nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Alan's just creepy, weird. Um, Dr. Russell is typically wrong, as always. Doesn't Dude. really solve the problem in the end. 
she just discovers something the aliens knew about all along, uh, but didn't know that that would kill them. So, <clears throat> really, she just killed somebody. Um, yeah, just just not a good episode. Uh, this is the no. only episode written by. Um, I didn't Lou, actually. I didn't Lou write Schwartz. that down. Lou Schwartz. I didn't write that down. I forgot all about it. He has a number of other credits in Britain, but this is his only Space 1999 episode. And, mm. well, thank you, Lou, for not coming back. This one really is dreadful. Again, though, um, not as horrid as I expected it to be, only because I, I, I just I, – oh, the memories that I had of this episode were just bad. In fact, I think this this might have rated as one of my most hated episodes of, of the entire series. At least that's how I remembered it. I remember so going it being, into that, I, I remember into this it being one, dreadful too, and really I, yeah, one of the worst. Going into this, I, I was just really filled with terrible dread. So I think in that respect, well, I will say this: it felt mercifully short. Um, well, did you only watch it the one time? Yes. See, that's mercifully short compared to watching it twice. Ha ha. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> um. You know, this one doesn't seem to be one that shows up on the bottom of worst Space 1999 uh, episodes. Really? Either. I know. and I, But my, my very strong recollection of this episode is, um, is that it was very bad. Although that may, that may have something to do with... So, so I am... Um, when I was a kid, um, I got a, a less than stellar grade in English one semester or one mm-hmm. quarter. And in my family, that meant no Space 1999 for a year. Oh, that's, that, that's a bad punishment. Um, just about the time Series 2 started. So I think I saw the first episode of it, and then I got grounded. I managed to see this episode. I don't remember no. if my dad was out at the bar or something, and so I decided to watch it anyway, or I was at a friend's house spending the night or something, but I got to see this episode. So on first run space 1999, I think I got to see The Metamorph and Mark of Arcanaut. And oh maybe that's God. why I remember it as being as bad as it is, because it's indelibly blocked in my head as to how awful it was and i remember it being awful when i was a kid i I, you know you know how you kind of don't have the sort of discerning uh as we've discussed it's like science fiction i love it doesn't matter i love it it's Mm -hmm. science i remember that i remember not liking this even as a as a kid so that may have influenced my opinion of it when we got around to it but um, it's still pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hard pressed to think of a worse one. I, I, I certainly think it's worse than the rules of Luton. Uh yeah, I think I would agree with that. I, I yeah, I think this is worse. So, all right. <clears throat> well, I think we're done with this. Um, episode. yeah. I don't I, know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that one is. No, I, I, I have no idea. Uh, so, but. You know, when it comes to it, it's whatever's next on the DVDs or in Wikipedia, folks. Uh, I'm not going to look it up. But, uh, uh, hey, it can, things can only get better. 
<laughs> I hope. I hope things can only get better. You would think after something this abysmally bad, but I'm not holding my breath. <clears throat> ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, a joy as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers, copper. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.